mentioned this morning, you know, that we were we might have the opportunity to cover this, and I was hoping, uh, you know, obviously to get as many back as we possibly yeah. could to, to yeah. discuss uh, uh, some of these topics uh, about rearing children. And and I realize, and I've said it this morning, I'll say it again. I do realize that everybody is in a different stage of that. Some are done with that. Some are in the grandparent phase. Some of us are in the young child phase. Uh, some of us are right in the middle of it somewhere. So I do realize that everybody has a different way of viewing this, this, uh, this, this information. Um, I don't believe it's something that we can just bypass because of the diversity of age groups. And we would say, well, you know, we've only got a couple people in here that are actually, uh, that this may apply to. Uh, I, this gotta be something we talk about. It's really gotta be something that we bring out because I don't think that this is just good for parents, this is good for children also, uh, and then also, obviously, good for grandparents too. So we're, we're getting back into this, uh, and back and everybody got their study guides, uh, go back to the original location uh, that we were at this morning, and I'm actually, if you'll look at page 34 in your study guides, and I'll show you where we're going to start, I think the section right there was loving discipline, is where I, I think we're going to start. Um, recapping just real quick um, we were talking about some of the uh, just kind of going back through some of these things um, we said as parents it's uh, essential that we lead by example everybody remember that that was here this morning yeah. gotta lead by example uh, gotta, if, if we're gonna if we're gonna see our children be productive and grow up to be productive children then we also need to lead the way and lead the charge in that so we have to lead by example and that's in all things so um, if we're if we're going to tell our children they need to come, uh, need to go to church. We need to be bringing them to church. And we need to come to church ourselves. I, I I've been a part of a couple of different scenarios where people have been in the church and they're they're um, they're kind of in and out and and uh, we'll have somebody that we've never seen before show up and we're like, hey brother, sister, how are you? Where's so and so at? They hadn't been in a couple weeks. Well, they've been telling me to come. What's the deal? Yeah, I don't. So what am I supposed to say? Let me, I'm just I'm just throwing this out there. What am I supposed to say? Well, actually, they don't frink with the doors that often. How do I make it sound? I just you tell them the truth, and it's like it's not good either way. So we lead by example. So it's like okay, we're gonna we're gonna if we're gonna actually invite them. <laughs> Then we need to actually be here when they show up, following up with them. And then, of, of course, applying that to our own children. <laughs> I mean, of all people, our own children. It's like, I want you to go, I want you to be a good, productive adult when you get older. But we're going to miss church again just because I really don't feel like going. See, I don't mean, I, you got to mix these together. And it's like, if you want your children to be competent, adults you're going to have to bring in and we were talking about this this morning you have to incorporate the teachings of the god's word into that there's no way in the world that you can go without that i mean our country was founded on these things and so i i just it's beyond me especially in the christian realm it's completely beyond me to think that we can we can raise our children and then be competent adults uh, and not raise them in the fear of the lord and, and by the example of the lord I, and, and also, in the same breath, nobody's perfect. Okay? Nobody is perfect. Every one of you are going to make mistakes parenting. Everybody has, for those of you that have already done this, you've made mistakes parenting. You look back, you're like, man, I've, I've really messed some stuff up. It's okay. We are, not, we are not natural at this. It's not a natural thing. It takes learning and it takes discipline. Um, I'm... Uh, Lathan and I've had this conversation before, and um, maybe I've capitalized on it, maybe even a bit too much in my life. And it's not a disrespect to my parents at all. My parents made mistakes. They did. And you know what I did? I capitalized on them. <laughs> and why you think, well, man, that's kind of hard. No, 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 no. And I want my children to do the same thing to me. So we see how you kind of faltered on that, Dad. I'm going to make sure I don't make the same mistake. Good. Don't make it. 
Let me make sure I tell you the truth. Don't make that mistake. Let me make sure that's clear. Often parents don't want their children to rise any higher than they did. They're like, you know, this is what I did, and it's good enough for you. And it's like, no, it's, if we want to see successful children grow, especially spiritually successful, you know what spiritually successful means? Do you understand what I mean by that? Why don't you for me to use that terminology? When I'm talking about spiritually successful, spiritually successful means a competently praying and reading adult that has a good, healthy relationship with the Lord. That's spiritually successful. You couldn't ask for anything more for your children to have than that alone. That, that alone. Just praying, seeking God, and, and carrying their life in the fear of the Lord. There can't be anything better than that. And so we got to understand the steps that get us there, and we got to also understand the things that keep us from it. All right, so I said also, we said this morning, we said we got to lead by example. We also said there's got to be a practical Christianity, right? We said that there were practical ways to live out our faith. I was quoted saying this morning uh, that it's great to be able to pray for your children, but there also has to be practical things that you do. I associate that with common sense. You've got to have common sense. Use your head. Simple. And, I, and you think, man, that's kind of, you're being kind of hard. No, because that's the way it comes to me, for me personally. I, I've had to go over some really hard stuff with myself and sit there on my couch rubbing my, my, my hands through what few hairs I have left on my head and think to myself, where did I mess this thing up at? Because as the husband of the house, I take full responsibility for what takes place in my home. Yeah. Something goes wrong, where did I mess this thing up at? And so I sit down and I'm thinking, okay, what, where did I do? Maybe I should have prayed more. That sounds like a, that's good, right? Prayer is good. Yes, you should pray more but not at the expense of common sense. I've seen a lot of people, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, I'm gonna recap shortly. A lot of people hide behind the idea of prayer. They hide behind the idea of prayer. I've been praying, I've been praying, I've been praying, I've been fasting, I've been fasting, I've been praying. That's great, fantastic. Just use common sense though. I've had, I've had people actually pray and tell me to pray with them. Can I pray that I don't lose my job? Not in the fact that they were going through anything. They were afraid that they were going to blow up on somebody and quit. Like, so let me get this right. You want me to pray that you don't lose your temper and throw your job away. Yes. I just, I really struggle with that. I'm like, oh man, fundamentals. Fundamentals. What is that? It's common sense. Just common sense stuff. If you know better than the, to do that, then don't do it. And I think practical Christianity is one of the things that we have lost in our culture. Oh. The common, practical approach to how to live for God. Common things. And I think raising and rearing children is not any different. Um, and, and what we tell and what we teach our children must be the same thing. It's got to be practical stuff. Okay, moving on. We also said that we need to teach our children to love. More than anything else, really, I mean, we need to teach our children to love. We know that Jesus is, is about love, right? That's what he's about. He's about loving people. He's about um, being merciful. And so we also teach our children to love people the proper way. I was using that in an example this morning because I, uh, I, I said that Western culture teaching and Western culture pen, uh, Pentecostal, Pentecostalism, if you want to call it that, there's all kinds of Pentecostals, Baptists, man, they're, they're all different forms. But the, that, that group has a tendency to really put a lot of emphasis on spiritual matters. There's nothing wrong with that. Putting emphasis on spiritual matters is a good thing. But I've seen something in, I look at this stuff, church, I'm serious. I look at Pew Research Center and I look at data. And I'm thinking if we're so right about spiritual matters, why is it that the children don't come back? If we're so smart and we've got it all figured out and it's like, you just pray about it and it'll all work out just fine. God's in control. But the kids don't come back. Mm -hmm. And the church is struggling to stay afloat because there's nobody to take up the lead. The kids are gone. We went wrong somewhere. We went wrong somewhere. And I don't think it was in the prayer department. But I was praying. Uh, 
you know, hey, congratulations, you was praying. But did we use our heads? Did we think straight about those? Did we approach it from a common sense perspective? Did we stop the things we needed to stop and do the things that we needed to do? I mean, it's common sense. Common sense stuff, practical approach. So don't take that personal. I'm just saying, love is, an, love is a very, very important thing. Okay, so starting in that spot, loving discipline. Parents are to instruct children on what is right and wrong and on what is good for them and what will harm them. I said this morning, I'm just kind of going through it. Children need limits to protect them and give them security. Undisciplined children often become immature adults with destructive lifestyles. And then I circle love. Love does not mean letting children do whatever they want without consequence. Somebody weigh in on why, why should we not allow, why is that a... Why is that something in our society that we definitely, why do we need boundaries and why do we need to make sure that our children um, are not allowed to do just whatever they want to do? Cities don't get burned down. Cities don't get burned down. That's a good one. Because that's where we're at now. That's where we're at now. I like my city. That's good. What else? Well, first of all, because when kids get to do what they want to do at home, they become the boss. They mm-hmm. run the family. They get to do whatever they want to. I see, I see it in the two-year-olds I have, you know, at my right. daycare. That's a, right. And, and even at one. Well, they didn't really like that, so they were not going to. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Go set my blue chair. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I see it, and I've seen it for, and I've seen for 20 years, I've seen, I've seen a change in just how, even they, back 20 years ago when I first started, I, I could see how even the younger parents were still the parents, but it has evolved so much yeah. that I guess the those kids just didn't get to be, I don't know, maybe they, I don't know what they missed, but the kids now are, they're the they run the show, mm-hmm. and and I mean it's Absolutely. just it's crazy to see, and, and those are the kids that are coming up. So it's out of balance for sure. It's totally. And so, um, what happened? What has happened is, is that see, kids don't have the maturity level to run something. That's right. They don't have the ability to do that, regardless of what we think. We think about you know, of course, we want to see our kids end up in a good place. But when they're in that young phase, they're very vulnerable and very open to all kinds of ideas. If you and I, as, as, as parents and as leaders in the church, if we're not implementing the correct type of leadership and the correct type of teaching, then they can be swayed easily and pick up belief systems and ideas that are incorrect, even incorrect ideas about our society. Uh, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of kids, this is why... There's such a major push today for this indoctrination of our children. What, I mean, why, why would you think, why would they allow some of the stuff that they do in schools today? Uh, and, and I know it was kind of funny, but it was true. And I mentioned in Sunday school a couple weeks ago that they've got, you know, kids now that are called furries. And they, they're like, um, they, they act as animals. And they have laws that they're passing to protect these these children, and if the teacher asks that child a question, and the dog, the the child as a dog barks for an answer, that that cannot be disciplined. It's like, all right, where are we at? Yes, it is. It is a bit comical, and it's a bit crazy. But see, that's where we're bordering on. And so, let me ask that question again. So, why is it so important for the enemy to indoctrinate those children, or at least to put that in front of them? Because they're so pliable. And what better time to put something like that in front of the children when the parents are not filling their roles, when moms are not being moms and dads are not being dads, and things are not being taught correctly in the home? Yes. And so, and the, and the school at one time was a good place to get a good dose of that. It's not anymore. It's. It, yeah, you're going to pull your kids out of school to get away from that stuff. So, so yeah, there's, there's, and, and I'm not, I am not making the animal thing up. Mm-hmm. Not. That is a real thing. 
and it's a very it's very disturbing to see uh, the direction that we're heading. Uh, right. Yeah, I don't know. It is. I don't. Yeah, I don't even know. Once you once you crack that thing open, there's no going back. I mean, it gets. I was asking the girls today if, if we have to actually have that in Tishomingo, and they were telling me, that, "Wow, yeah, it's our, it's here." You've seen some things, haven't you? It's <laughs> yeah. pretty wild. They said they were talking about at some okay. schools putting litter boxes in oh. schools. Oh yeah, that's all about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah. 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 That's good. We're going to have to have animal control. <laughs> that is, <clears throat> that's a good point. So this is where, this is the, the level. If parents are not parents, this is the kind of stuff that leaks into our children. This is the stuff they run with. So it can be an extremely volatile situation. Okay, so um, let me see. And while many styles of discipline can be successful, Consistency is essential. Consistency is essential. All right, so why is consistency essential? All right, so first let me, let me tell you what consistency amounts to in a household. It's mom and dad both being on the same page. That's what that is. Let me tell you how, let me, have, let me tell you how this works because you can have, see we have biblical principles and things that we run by. There's no, there's you, there what we call non-negotiable things. It's non-negotiable. We pray at dinner. We pray over our meals, right? Non-negotiable. It's like this is going to happen. You're going to pray and, and study your word in your own way. It's non-negotiable. It's going to happen. you got to do that in order to further your relationship with the Lord. What I have found in my, my time being married to, to my wife next month, we've been married 21 years. Uh, we're in the process of raising these five kids. And what I have learned is, is that my wife and I need to agree on the direction we're going in order for this to work correctly. I've held up the direction at times. Why? Because I wanted to be combative. <laughs> you can say men if you want. Because I was, be, I, I was, I, I'm using myself as an example here to help you. <laughs> combative, which means that. I didn't necessarily disagree with her. I just wanted to throw a fit that it didn't go my way. <laughs> Listen to me. And so there's a power struggle. And there's this ideas. And, and I'm like, I don't like it like that. I want to do it this way. And then, and, and then there's this back and forth. And so what you have to understand is, is that a husband and a wife have to agree on the direction. They don't necessarily have to agree on every last thing. You just have to agree on the direction. That's important because there's no way you're always going to agree on everything. Husbands and wives, do I, do, am I saying that correctly? You're not always going to agree on everything, but you agree on the direction. That's why when parents, if they have an argument, they have a fight, what keeps them grounded? What keeps them from blowing the whole marriage out of the water? Because they agree on the direction. They may not agree on the moment. They may not agree on the particular thing that they're dealing with, but they agree on the direction. And agreeing on the direction is very important. What direction are we going as a family? And if we're going to go in the direction of God, then there are certain things that we need to follow, non-negotiable. And we're going to do those things repetitively. We're going to wear them out. And this thing, and we're going to believe that this thing is going to get us somewhere. And and I, I can honestly tell you, um, it works. It works. It, um, I, I was talking to the guys about this earlier. Um, I've been in situations where um, the kids will come to me and they'll say, hey, can I go do this or can I have this? I said, what did your mom say? Well, she said no. <laughs> so why are you asking me for it then? There you go. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, now I'm fixing to get upset because you were trying to find a leverage or a leeway. Now, what did your mom say? I don't have to agree with whether she did it or not. But she made a decision, and now my job is to back her. Yeah. What is that? That's me being on the same page with her. I'm going to back her, and it's vice versa. I've heard her say it. I've been in there. I've listened. She's like, what would your dad say? 
Well, he said, we, he said, we could. Well, I guess you can then. No contradiction. You see, parents, that's a problem with raising children is there's a contradiction in the way that they are raised. And the kids will always find the path of least resistance. It's like, Mom always lets me. Lathan I knew, and I don't know if you knew as much as I did. I was older than you by eight years, but we knew when Dad left, we could do more things through Mom than when Dad was home. And Mom didn't mind concealing it. She'd help us out. She's like, you know, your daddy, you know, sometimes he don't understand you. And maybe that was true. But see, being, being in a structure, a structure where the parents are on the same page and they form this wall around their children that's impenetrable. And the kids know it too. The kids know they look, I can't get around it. Mom and dad are together on this. We're going. We got to do it. That is something of value in your family. Yes, it is. It's something of value. Don't ever think that there, there, you you know that that's not something that uh, maybe you could pass off. So I, I encourage you, um, you know, as parents to come together in that and to be on the same page. And that um, even if your spouse is not here tonight, that's fine. Go and and express that that we don't have to necessarily agree on everything, but we need to agree on the direction we're going, and we need to go there. How by whatever means we're got to get there. The way I look at it, I look at it as a big thing. It's like for me, Misty and I, I have five kids, and my job is to get them all raised. That's my job. I've been called to do that, to raise them in the fear of the Lord and to get them there. For those of you that have got kids that have gone, you know what that's like. So it's like, to me, that's the mission. And I don't have to agree with the whole thing. I used to think that I did, but I realized that you don't have to. But you've got to agree on the direction. And once you agree on the direction, everything else just falls into place. Make it happen. Okay. So, uh, consistency, being consistent. Obviously, boundaries, freedoms, and methods change as a child matures. Begin when a child is very, uh, begin when a child is very young. For the longer you wait, the harder it is to correct the behavior. Loving discipline shows true concern. Hard work? Well, they got a question mark there. Is it hard work? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's really hard. Is it exhausting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's really exhausting. Um, it's exhausting checking my kids' phones <clears throat> to make sure they're doing the right thing. But that's my responsibility. My wife, she, she knows. I don't mind telling you guys that. That's, that's no secret. You should be checking your kids' phones. You should be checking that stuff. You be checking the video game consoles and make sure they're not wrapped up with somebody they don't need to be wrapped up in. It needs to happen. And so that's my responsibility. But is, that, is it hard? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely hard. And it's absolutely exhausting. But see, that's, I, I come back to the calling. As parents, you're called to raise these children, and you're, if you don't go all in, like all in to this thing to get this job done, it's not going to turn out the way you want it to. And it's a lot of self-sacrifice. It's a lot about not getting your way. And, and you know, for, for a parent, I've realized that as, as I've went along, and it's gotten more so, is that the more I devote to wanting to see my children become the kind of adults that they need to be, in this kind of world, the more I realize, the I get less of what I'm wanting from even my own personal life. There's a lot of self-sacrifice. It's like, I would like just to not have to mess with it, which is what the approach is for a lot of parents. It's like, I don't want to mess with it. I don't want to get on their phone. I don't want to have to go talk to them about that. And that's the problem. Are you tired? Yeah, I'm tired too. But I'm going to, I'm going to, crack down with discipline or whatever it takes to make sure that my kids understand that we mean business because we have this barrier this as parents this fortress that we've created and they have to understand that not only are they protect protected in that but they're also exercised in it too so hard work exhausting without a doubt but nothing brings more joy to a parent than to see a child grow up and be a responsible adult who loves and serves uh the lord nothing better than that okay let's go to section three encourage obedience and kindness God created families to be the nurturing environment for children to be prepared for adulthood. This is the pattern God established. Children who learn to obey their parents are better able to submit to the Lord and the authorities he has established. Yeah, yeah, it works something like that. That as the children learn to obey parents, they also understand, because we were talking about this not too long ago, because, you know, I talk to coaches, and coaches deal with players, and, and players throw 
fits and temper tantrums and all kinds of stuff nowadays. And um, and we were talking about how even these older kids that are juniors and seniors and stuff are are throwing fits, just getting upset and uh, and saying things and doing things they shouldn't do. And the truth of it is this: if you don't, if you haven't learned discipline up to that point, you're going to learn discipline somewhere. Somebody is going to get you. If it's the if it's the job, uh, if it's if it's the bill collector, somebody is going to come knocking and saying, "Where's your discipline?" Now, of course, they're not going to say those words, but that's what they're saying. Where's your discipline? And if the kid hasn't been taught discipline, then it's going to be extremely hard for them to make it. I heard a um, heard a statistic not too long ago, and I think it was uh, Ben Shapiro who gave it. He'd done some looking at this data, and he said that. Um, he was he was going back to the 1900s and he was talking about how young kids were when they started their own families back in the 1900s, and we were t- we're talking like 15, 16 years old, quitting school, and getting married, taking over the farm, g- getting on with the farm because it was a lot of it was for survival, of course. So it kind of started to move. He said the age moved into that 17, 18, and. He said, the data shows that kids are living with their parents longer and longer and longer before they leave home, if they even leave. Now, now a lot of people may say, oh, let that child stay. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you can call it what you want, but I made it clear, and you can tell, you can ask Haven this. I made it clear. I said, at some point, you got to go. <laughs> and I didn't mean that in a bad way. I love her. She's my daughter. I'll do whatever it takes to help her. But I told her, I said, at some point, we need to go from the house to me trying to help you shop for a place. And then maybe I help you co-sign or whatever I need to do to get you in that first new vehicle or whatever it is that you're really wanting to look for in your life. Then that's my role. But my role can't always be your babysitter. That stage is over. It's time to move on. And so, and I, and of course, you know, you, everybody has a different way of doing it. And she understands what I meant by that. And I told the boys, I said, you can't live here forever. I don't think they're going to be a problem, though. They're, they're, <laughs> they got kind of their own minds about things. But see, they, they, they can't live there forever. Why? Because it doesn't make sense fundamentally. And that's what we're seeing today is, is that the, the younger group is is staying at the house. I, I was I just done a house recently. I just done a house recently and you know, every regardless of what the problem was. I was in this room and, and uh, this this uh, individual was talking about their son and and I thought he was son and it was thirty four year old son. Wow. Living at the house. No, we're not talking no listen, I'm not talking about someone that fell on hard times. No, every parent in here would help their child in hard times. There's not a parent in here that wouldn't do it. We all go through situations where your parent, your kids got to come back. They, maybe they got to live with you. Maybe they went through a hard time. Maybe you, we did it ourselves, regardless. We all go through situations where we need to lean on family. I'm not referring to that. I'm referring to the generation that just simply won't go and be responsible. <laughs> go get a job. Go get your stuff together and go live. Go live. Go. Go start your own family. Go do what you do. Mom and I are tired. Go do it. Now, see, that's, I, that's to me, that's practical raising children. Do not let your children over, over, overstay their welcome. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. I'm telling you. And that's and that's a hard thing. You say, man, that's that is some really tough stuff. I love my kids. But see, when I was 18, that's exactly the way it was approached. And I didn't agree with the way my parents approached me. I didn't agree with it. But it was the best thing that ever happened to me. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. Time to grow up. Do we as parents not want to see those kids get out there and yeah. see what we done? <laughs> And it comes to a point, too. I'm glad you said that because it jogged my memory. I dump everything I have into my kids. Mm-hmm. 
and they know that. My wife dumps everything she has into our children. At some point, I cannot coddle them anymore. And all that's then there for me at that point is all the knowledge that's been sunk into them and the prayers that have been sunk into them. It's y'all's life now. Go live it. I can't control you. And I, I see that struggle in parents today is that they are so desperate to see their children make a good decision that they're willing to step over the line, coddle them at 34 years of age to just get a little bit of good decision making out of them. And I get it. But once you start down that path, you can't go back. Once you, you, there's no way out of that. You're looped in, and and how what that looks like getting out, I don't know. I don't know. The data's not good on it, because once they become interdependent, and you are the dependent, they're they're you're they're dependent upon you. Your your small check that you get for retirement, they're dependent on that. That's a problem. It, it's just awful. But see, that all goes, we hit the rewind tape, we come all the way back to just parenting when they're young. Yeah. And, and trying to make the good, and making good decisions in the right, right, tough love and, and doing the right thing. So yes, don't, don't go away from her thinking I don't love my children, but at some point you gotta go. Yeah, <laughs> we're that welcome out now, we love you now. But I was one to turn the back room into an office. <laughs> I'm just having fun. I'm just having fun. All right. You keep teaching it. We still love you. All right. Thank you. Okay. Where was I at? I lost my place. Um, okay. Uh, submitting to the Lord. Um, I was at the top. The scripture denotes the command to obey parents as the first commandment with the promise of God's blessings is significant. Doing things God's way is always the right thing. Absolutely. Obedience and honor for parents builds a foundation in children that serves them well throughout their lives. Okay, obedience and honor. What is that, though? Let me, let me, let me key in on that because they did a good job of putting that in there. Okay, obedience is one thing. What are, what's the other aspect here? Honor. I'm going to connect honor to respect. Respect. And a parent has to be respected. You may not agree, like that I've been talking about this type of stuff. You may not agree with them, but you gotta respect them. Right. And that means that means sometimes you let things slide, sometimes you let things go, sometimes you push things to the side for the sake of respect. I respect them. They're my, they're my parent. I have to respect them. And if we, as a fundamental, if you lose the respect, listen to me, kids. If if you start losing the respect for the parent then there's not a lot to build on when you rear children. <clears throat> you understand that, how that works? It's very important. Because if there's no respect there, if there's no respect, then how can you ask your child to respect you? You don't know what that's like. You've never experienced that. You've never given it. How can we, how can we expect to be gotten? You give me respect, but I'm not going to give any respect. It doesn't work that way. And so... Obeying parents, that's one angle, but respecting <coughs> is another. There has to be, it's going to be a twofold deal. You can't have honor unless there's obedience regardless. Mm -hmm. It's required. Yes. It's hand in hand. Yeah, it's got to go hand in hand. That's why I like those two together there. Yeah. That's, I, think, I think they did a good job of putting those together there. Um, so obedience and honor for parents builds a foundation, okay? Serves them well throughout the years. Um, that that comes back to um, uh, agreement and disagreement too. A lot of times, parents have. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, parents disagree with their children and their decisions. Children disagree with their parents and their ways. But there still has to be respect and honor. There has to be. If you lose that, uh, you know, th then you've lost a lot of the important foundation to build on. Uh, it is a uh, necessary first step in learning to live pleasing to the Lord. Expecting obedience from children is desiring what is best for children. Wanting them to grow up, being able to discern right from wrong. To have healthy relationships with others and to function well in society. Isn't that what you want? That's what all parents want from their children. Just function well in society. Just be, just be normal. Every parent has this thing in the back of their mind. Every one of them. There's not a parent one. 
that doesn't want their child to grow up and to be something fantastic. Every parent wants that for their kid. Grow up and uh, be a pro or, or get a master's in this and go do this. Every parent wants that for their children. But the reality of it is that only happens to a real small fraction. Real small fraction. The thing that parents should want and desire and be working for the most is this right here. Be functioning adults in society able to cope with pressure and stress and be able to fear the Lord and live for God. Amen. We couldn't want anything more. There's nothing better than that. But parents sometimes think too, that we're thinking so high. We devote all of our time into accomplishing a goal that we actually don't learn the actual fundamentals to actually win in life. It's like, yeah, you, want, you, you push your kid to get a master's degree to, for them to accomplish something, and then they're miserable at their job. And they don't know the Lord because you didn't teach them. And now they got a fistful of dollars and don't even know what they were even doing it for. Doesn't really make a lot of sense. You know, we all know some things of people that push their child for the glory of them, not for the good of the little kids. You see it in sports all the time. You know, yeah. Kids make to do something they don't even want to do because one yeah. of the parents wants them to do it and just pushing their own limit. And really, I in the process. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's, and, and I, th- and I look at it the, the same way, um, you know, in, in the spiritual realm in the church, there's a way to approach it, and, and I agree. If you, if you force that issue, that's going to turn, that's going to backfire. Um, okay, children who do not learn obedience likely will struggle with holding down a job, and getting along with others. But God desires that things will go well for them. Yeah, God does desire that. That's at uh, Ephesians six three. Um, I think I was talking about um, o- o- being obedient to your parents, and then you will live long. Mr. You know that you know that scripture. That's that scripture in Ephesians six three. Thanks. I, th- I think so. So it's it's being obedient, and you'll live uh, being obedient to your parents, and you'll live long. Uh, God promises a blessing for those who are obedient to their parents. You just had a thought. If you don't, you might not. What? Uh, if you don't, you might not. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. If you don't, you might not. That's true. Misty and I have talked about that often. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a lot in there. Once again, coming back to uh, we honor the, the mother and the father, but we respect, right? You respect them. And if you respect them, then God promises blessings. Uh, but I, I'm coming back. I, I do. I come back to that. And when it says, it says, children who do not learn obedience likely will struggle holding down a job and getting along with others. Practical stuff. Practical things. Basics. It's like, I'm just, I'm just praying that little Johnny will get along with everybody at the job and hold it down. I'm like, no, forget that. You need to sit down with little Johnny and figure out what in the, what, what in the world's going on. The problem. At its core, its root. You're missing something, little Johnny. <laughs> You need to come to church. You need to meet Jesus. You need to read your word. You've been reading your word. I'm talking about some core fundamental stuff because something's missing. You can't seem to hold the job down. You, there's something is not right. Something's off. You know, us even having a conversation tonight, and of course we've said it jokingly, and, I've, you know, and, I'm, and it is in fun, talking about our children leaving the house and that they got to leave. There was a time that wasn't even a discussion. Like it wouldn't even been talked about because kids knew and we're striving for it. Like, I'm ready to grow up and move out of the house. How many, it, it, it blows my mind how many kids th- these days, I, when I was going to be 16, I couldn't wait. Because getting my driver's license was freedom. Kids today are like, I, I don't want that. That's a responsibility. No way. And I'm asking different people, I'm like, so um, where do you work? It's like I work out here. So I didn't, I didn't see that you have a vehicle. Oh, no, I don't have a vehicle. Mom takes me. You're like 22. Why? Why is that a situation? It, and, and it's funny, but I see it so often now. And it's, it's this, that they're like, I don't want a driver's license. I don't want the responsibility. I don't want the situation. I don't want it. I don't want to have to deal with that. I think, so what, what happened? What happened that the kids these days don't want the responsibility to deal with that type of stuff? Because that's common stuff. What's going to happen? Listen, what's going to happen if those families are not there anymore? 
What happens? Can that child make it? See, that's our hope. That's our hope that if, if they're not in the picture, that they can pull it off on their own. But you got to ask that question, can they do it? I asked a question here not too long ago. I said, what happens, um, how do I term, how do, how do I phrase it? If your kids took over the world right now, would you be happy with it? Would you be okay putting your kid in a leadership position in this country and saying, run this thing? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I mean, you got to really think about that. And I'm sure that a lot of parents entertain that thought, and they're like, "My goodness, no, 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 no! Don't let them do that." So we've got to bridge these gaps, I believe, as parents, and we've got to be able to um, see uh, where we are missing it at, and then be able to meet that. Okay. Um, there's a scripture in Amos three three. Somebody look at uh, Amos three three. In your Bibles, if you got your, I told you to bring your books, but who you brought your Bible is church, so you should have your Bible. <laughs> Amos 3 3, tell me when you find it. Okay. Yeah. Pastor, go ahead. Read that one more time. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Can two walk together? Unless they'd be in agreement. Can two walk together? That's a question. I believe that ends with a question mark. No what? Question mark. No. I cannot. Now, let me read. Although these passages are addressed to fathers, this does not overlook or negate the role of mothers in the nurture and instruction of children. Of course it doesn't negate that because it takes two, correct? It takes two. And I'm going to come back to this. Let me let me let me come back. We said this not, not too long ago. Women need to be women and men need to be men. Moms need to be moms and dads need to be dads. That's the way you have a healthy household. That's the way that works. We, we, it's not a healthy household, statistically proven. It is not a healthy house, household with two men, with two women. No. It was created, man and woman. They raise a family. There are features that a man brings to the table that a woman does not bring. There are features that a woman brings to the table that a man does not bring. When you combine those two, you get something that's extremely beneficial to the child. And then they're brought up in that, and they see the benefit of that, and then they replicate that on the other side. But they got to come together, and they got to agree on that. You got, we got. I feel like now, I feel like we've lowered the bar to some degree because now we're we're just coming to the part part now where we're agreeing on the biology aspect of it. Isn't that sad? I'm like, do we even agree on the biology? Like, what is a woman and what is a man? That's a problem. That's where we're at, though. And that should, that should bother you, that our society is at that point where we can't even agree on the biology to actually establish what a family would even look like. Yeah, and along with that comes this nonsense that's destroying masculinity and femininity. Yes. Oh. That, you know, well, we don't have a lot of time, but they're trying to destroy Justin Peterson because he's trying Jordan to... Peterson, yeah. Jordan Peterson, yeah. Jordan, yeah. Uh, trying to destroy him. Death threats and everything else because he's trying to teach people how to be normal, basically, how to be masculine and how to be women. Good. And it's, it's, they're just, Good. It's, it's, it's just out of control. For those of you that don't... You may not know what Pastor's talking about. Uh, Jordan Peterson is a clinical psychologist, got a lot of videos on YouTube, and he specializes in helping basically young men become real men, helping them find themselves, helping them understand what their role is, and, and also the same with women, understanding the, the biology. This is, what you, this is what your role is in life. This is what you're supposed to be doing. And I've never seen the kind of blowback that an individual would get for just all he said was, I want to show men how to be real men. Uh, Nate and I was talking about this the other day. I just want to show men how to be real men. And our country, for some reason, the powers that be feel enormously threatened on the topic of raising men to be real men. Come on, right man. For some reason, it's enormously threatening to the powers that be. They do not want men r rising up 
and masculine men. Uh, what was the what was the terminology I used? You know, holding what's the, what is it? Uh, when you hold the door open for the lady, what's the chivalry? Yeah, chivalry. chivalry, chivalrous. And he's talking about a return to the chivalry where where men are catering to the women, and the women accept it and enjoy that, and say, I, I enjoy that the, the man takes the lead, and that he's he's strong in the family, and he leads from the front, and he's a strong man. I enjoy that. They're trying to discourage that. They're trying to crush the whole thing. They don't want to talk about that. Literally. Literally. Yeah, they've, they've said that they're going, he's got the death threats, and nowadays his own psychiatric board has called him out and has said, you're going to have to undergo re-education so you'll understand better how to teach people. That's for the woke movement. It's, it's the woke movement. Yeah. And so what what have we, what, what? What is happening? It's it's all culmination of this right here. I could go on about the masculinity, really the the masculine the return to masculinity for men for a long time because um, I'll be honest and truthful to you, masculine men defend defended this country. Mm-hmm. Masculine men defended this country. They defended this country and they continue to defend this country. And the powers that be know that. And if they can move masculinity out of the way. Then they can manipulate any way they want to. Get the get the strong men out of the way. Get the strong man out of the house, and we can come in and we can do whatever we want. And we just simply cannot let that happen. So my desire, obviously, I got two boys. I want to raise masculine men. That's my desire. Not. <laughs> not. Ah, I don't want to say that. It's it's masculinity. It's testosterone for men. Not estrogen for men. Okay? You understand what I mean. I mean this on a real serious level. That's what that means. Men need to be men and and be allowed to be that. That's a good topic. Maybe we'll talk about that sometime. All right. Um, Instead, it recognizes the role of a husband and a father as the one whom the responsibilities of discipline and instruction fall. In many homes, a single parent has the responsibility of serving in both roles. The church must be compassionate and helpful in such situations. Fathers are warned against dealing with their children in ways that anger them. Of course, you shouldn't want to anger your children because it causes them to be bitter against not just the father, but it causes them to become bitter against the system of the way that's set up in order to raise. So this addresses the attitude that uh, motivate uh, discipline. Fathers must convey that they desire what is best for their children and pleasing to the Lord. Even when being corrected, children need to know they are loved unconditionally. This is very true. It's very, very true. Is they need to know that they are still loved. They, even though your children, you know, they get mad when you have to discipline them. Yeah, and they might not want to talk to you for a little while. They may not want you coming up to them and, and having a little talk. Okay, yeah, I get that. That's all, that's all right. You can be mad. We're going to still do the right thing. We're still going to do the right thing. You can be mad. But I still love you. But we're still going to do the right thing. Uh, once again, we're coming back and redefining love. Make sure love does not mean letting your child have their way. Come on, that's not love. That is not love. That's um, that's the start of anarchy. Is what that is. That's the start of anarchy. Well, a big problem in the United States, or probably in the world, <laughs> if you talk to young people. Most of them say, well, mom and dad have done all right, and they, you know, they didn't do this and they didn't do that. Yeah. But it comes to a point then. Yeah. When your children come to you, like mine did, and say, dad, you're just the best dad uh, anybody ever had. Sure, I like to hear that. So I told them, I said, no, I'm not. Mm. I said, I failed. Y'all, I failed you miserably Mm. because I didn't teach you right. Right. And that's the reason you're in the shape you're in now. Right. Well, you was honest. It's my fault. I mean, Jim's talking about something we've been we we talked about this morning, the last couple of weeks is that transparency right there. Just saying, I've made them. I made some mistakes. I blew that thing. That's good, Jim. I appreciate that. All right, let's finish this up, and we're done. God blesses those who live by His word. As parents model godly attitudes and actions, children will learn from their instruction and example how to live for the for the Lord and express love. For him through obedience to his word. All right. Well, 
there's a lot of information that we've covered this morning and tonight. I, I, I hope that you took everything that I said in the right context. And I, like I told you at the beginning, there's a lot of things to be upset about. You could, you could say, you know, Tanner, I think you kind of come off a little hard. Uh, and I, I'm not trying to come off hard. I'm not even trying to come off like I, like I know everything. Because, church, I am constantly in a state of trying to figure this out myself. I'm always trying to be a better parent. I'm always trying to be a better husband and better wife. I struggle in so many areas. Transparency, church. Listen, transparency. So I'm not up here trying to tell you from some sort of vast knowledge like I know everything. I do not know everything. I'm glad of where we're at. I'm glad of what has been accomplished. we got a long way to go as parents. And so I'm saying that to you so when you go away from here that you don't think Tanner just acts like he knows everything. No, I want you to leave here meditating and chewing on what has been said. Chew on it. Think about it. Think about think about the topic of masculinity and masculine men. And that do we want our little boys to grow up and be good, strong men, to raise good, strong families? Absolutely. Do we want our our women to be good, honorable women that love the Lord and that are willing to submit to their husbands? Absolutely. Because that's what makes a good family. That's what makes a strong family. I'm out of time, guys. Stand and we'll, we'll be dismissed. <clears throat> Pastor, do you have any final thoughts? How long we got? <laughs> <laughs> In 30 seconds. <laughs> I hope I said that. I hope y'all got me when I said that. Come, come across come, come across the right way. Okay. I've enjoyed this tonight. I hope that you did too. And uh, uh, we've got a, we've got our work cut out for us as parents. We got grandparents, you you got your work cut out for you. You know, I'll say this. And we've got young people here if you're in our face life. I mean, y'all are up there. Don't go by what you see. Go by what you talk. Yes. Because this world will sway you. Yes. It'll indoctrinate you. I mean, you know, and I'm sure you see kids, well, we get to do this, or we get to do that, or we get dress like this, or whatever, you know. Right. It, it'll lead you the wrong path. Yeah, absolutely will. It absolutely will. Okay. Nothing else? Uh, Sean, would you dismiss us in prayer, brother? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the information that we received tonight, Father. Help us as parents to utilize it in our own lives. Help us to not be quick to anger when our children act out, but be quick to do all things in love. The love from, that you give us freely, Father. Help us with the families of Rock Harbor Church. Every one of us, Lord. Thank Holy you. Spirit, we need your help. Yes. I know I need your help, yes. and I'm not the only one because I know there's some families behind me. We all need your help, Thank Lord, you, to raise these children in fear and reverence of who you are, to not make the same mistakes I did, but to do better for themselves and to serve you and honor you in a greater way than I even can. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. Please help us with this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. Hallelujah.